0: Look, all I'm saying is if you tell me you're wary or skeptical or disinterested in something, I may spin a few words to make it seem like you don't like it to get some traction or engagement with some Star Wars fans. Fake
1: news. All right. That's what you're making. Fake news. I never said any of that stuff.
0: You said you were wary of a new title for this franchise.
1: Yes, but that doesn't mean that I was not happy about it. Come on. I'm probably like one of the biggest Star Wars fans, you know.
0: You're probably the biggest Star Wars fan. There you go.
1: So, of course, I'm going to be excited for a new Star Wars game. Just it's another EA Star Wars game. So I'll give it a week. Favorite tabletop adventure, movie, or video game, we've got you covered. Welcome to
0: the C-On-Screen Podcast with your host,
1: Sean and David. What up, my friends and family from near and far. Family mostly being Sean because we've been bickering about Everything uh like a married couple almost
0: <laughs> yeah we have not had a good week in, in regards to at our the same our time personal We relationship. still
1: love each other and that's that's what's most important you know we we don't go to bed angry
0: yeah for the record i got my best friend status uh given back to me uh like monday and then i promptly threw it away when the trailer for star wars squadron yeah dropped. <laughs> so let's
1: let me just put this out there for everyone wondering So EA recently showed off their new Star Wars game called Star Wars Squadron, which is um, not another Rogue Squadron game, if only. Uh, It is a game that is... Okay, here's why I'm wary of it.
0: No, tell us what the game is first before you tell us why you're weary. Okay, no, but it's all part of it. I can feel your frustration. It's all part
1: of it. So the game is a star Wars uh, flight, like arcade flight sim or whatever that has been kind of pushed out really quickly because EA has wanted, wanted a new star Wars game uh, because they stopped supporting or they ended um, battlefront two. So this game has come out in a very short amount of time or will have come out in a very short amount of time. And it is pretty much going to be a slightly expanded starfighter assault mode from battlefront Two. Uh, five. They say like five on five um, battles and stuff like that with the campaign, but okay. I'm interested in the potential campaign because it's done by the same uh, dev that did the campaign for battlefront two. And while that one kind of was like weird at parts, it was pretty good. They did kept, do some pretty interesting stories and stuff like that but the fact that this is a game that ea has pretty much said like we want something fast like i think that at launch it's going to be buggy as hell or it's just going to people are going to buy it and realize that it's literally just an expanded star fighter assault mode
0: which is okay for some people
1: but not when you want like, uh, okay, but here's the thing is like, I've wanted and I know a lot of people have wanted like a, a spiritual successor to Rogue Squadron with like that kind of story. Um, and I think that right now, EA is kind of focusing on for this, like a multiplayer experience, because that's what they've talked about. They say like, oh, campaign made by whatever company I, I can't figure it i can't remember it but anyway so like they're they're saying like oh yeah campaign story but oh five on five multiplayer big battles and all this stuff so it's like they're i don't know it's ea we can't trust them
0: yeah well we can't trust EA as far as we can throw them we're going to learn that a little bit later on today um like at the time of recording we will preface that we don't know much about the game um ea's presentation will be happening Um, within a few hours Um, unfortunately it didn't work into our timeline to record before and after and we wanted to give ea some loose respect but similar respect we would give to other presentations where we would spend a a small amount of time dedicated towards just their presentation yeah that'll come
1: out next next episode yeah that's the plan um, at least
0: yeah, unless more things drop throughout the week because this is um, hashtag not an E3 week. Yeah. So we're seeing a lot of stuff come out rather rapidly. Um, if we find there's enough content in the EA, we'll do an EA dedicated show. if there is not enough, then we'll add it to our next week's program. Sound fair?
1: Okay, so hold on. So because I wasn't like super excited right off the bat for the new Star Wars game, you, and I said that I was wary about it and essentially going to wait for EA to prove themselves during their presentation. You took that as me not being excited for it.
0: No, I just, I, <laughs> I, I believe I changed the wording on our post cause you, you were did
1: afterwards. Yeah. afterwards. <laughs> but um, I just,
0: I just said you were, I said, uh Oh, star Wars fans. It looks like David isn't a huge fan of our, the latest installment into the star Wars saga for games. That wasn't me saying like, oh, my God, David isn't jumping up and down, left and right, being like, oh, my God, Star Wars, please. It was more or less I just acknowledged the fact that you weren't impressed. And I was trying to get some social engagement because (laughs) that is what we are supposed to do as responsible. uh, I guess you'd consider us journalists or entertainers we're trying to get people engaged and you're not
1: supposed to throw me under the bus. I'm your partner in love and in life and in podcasts.
0: We we are going to apologize to the people that (laughs) did comment because David went on a miniature tirade and was just like, this is not what I said and didn't actually respond to any questions that people had. And I I do believe if you read the questions again, I'm pretty sure I did respond. Yeah. You said, this is not what I said. Oh, well, that was the
1: answer. Why didn't he yeah. like it? Well, that's not what I said. So <laughs> whatever. Moving on. We'll go through some marriage cup uh, counseling or whatever for this issue.
0: Yeah. Uh, the girls have their hands full with us this time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do, you know, do you know who really has their hands full of it all right now? Oh. Project Red. Yeah. Or CG product or CD C- Project Red. CD Red. Sorry, Project. Sorry. I might as well say their name properly. That's right. What? what's going on
1: i think it's a good and bad thing though so uh this is another delay for this game how many is that that's like three now
0: i think it's three or four wasn't it supposed to be may may or holiday which was i guess not really considered delayed it just never happened Mm -hmm. so holiday 2019 then it was supposed to be may then it was supposed to be september and now we are moving to the bright month of November. Which is is good and bad,
1: uh, because November is re- there's no launch? official re- no official release date for the Series X, but uh, you want to you want to bet that it's going to be November nineteenth.
0: Uh, that's what it says in the first line of the the press release. No,
1: like- no, but the Series X is going to be oh. a November nineteenth release. You want to bet nineteenth or twentieth?
0: So just for all of you guys because I I'm found this <laughs> this incredibly hilarious this afternoon um 109 p.m. David sends me a photo saying I'd get this and it's the Cyberpunk 2077 Series X and it looks incredible by uh, it, it, I also It's I not do, real. It like I know, but it was like this, a, a it,
1: concept that someone made which would be super sweet, right?
0: Yeah. And like, don't get me wrong. Uh, I like, I never looked into it. I just saw the picture. I was like, oh, this looks cool. The thing that immediately jumped off the screen for me was the fact that they changed the light from green to orange or yellow. That looked cool to me. Yeah, that'd be cool.
1: We're, I'll post this on our um, our Instagram.
0: For- Not only that, when you look at this, you go, oh, maybe Xbox. Again, didn't look into it. Just looked at the photo. You go, oh, well, this like my immediate thought was, oh, okay, this kind of makes sense. Seeing has seeing how Sony has like the Spider-Man exclusive PS five. They have the regular one. And I can't remember. Was it a horizon one that they had or something else? I can't remember what the something third one like was. That. Um, and then literally five minutes later, <laughs> cyberpunk tweets out their statement.
1: Yeah, it was a good one. Uh, the first line we have decided to move the launch of cyberpunk cyberpunk 2077 from september 17th to november 19th now okay then they go on by saying those of you who are familiar with the way we make games know that we won't ship something which is not ready when ready when it's done done. is not just a phrase we say because it sounds right it's something we live by even when we know we'll take the heat for it and you know what the thing is is this isn't the first time that they've delayed a major game, right? The Witcher was delayed a few times, like Witcher two and three. Uh, but those games are phenomenal, right? Um,
0: Unless you're playing them on the switch. Sorry. I wanted to yeah. throw that out there real quick.
1: Uh, but CD project red has always been a huge advocate for gamers. Like they make these amazing, huge worlds. Um, but then they also support platforms that don't have DRM um, that they they don't lock the players into, you know, into a, a system where if that system stops working, you can't play the game anymore. Right. Like mm-hmm. there's there's this is a problem with a lot of uh, PC games that have old uh, DRM methods that no longer work or uh, Windows updates or game updates break them. So um, which is really good that they have been able to create some of these amazing games, especially in in um how piracy has also been an increase over the last you know 10 15 years they're still making these amazing games and still supporting these um non drm or drm free platforms so mm-hmm. when they re- delay their game i like i look at this and part of me is like oh well it's 2020 like <laughs> what do we expect right you know everything's being delayed this year for one reason or another yeah um they said, I'm that, impressed
0: though that they didn't draw, like they didn't take the escape other companies did.
1: No, but and and then they say that right in there. They say, uh, at the time we were writing these words, Cyber 20 Punk 2077 is finished, both content and gameplay wise. The quests, cutscenes, and skills and items, all the adventure Night City has to offer, it's all there. But with such an abundance of context, and complex systems interweaving with each other, we need to properly go through everything, balance game mechanics, and fix a lot of the bugs. A huge world means a huge number of things to iron out, and we will spend the additional time doing exactly that. So this is not just a, like, they're not saying that they need more time to finish the game. The game is done, right? They're saying, like, they need time because this game is huge. This game is bigger than Witcher 3, isn't it? Is it not? I'm pretty sure it is
0: yeah both um, kilometers wise and just overall and, size yeah
1: and so the game is done they're just saying look like we don't want to rush this game because really uh like september to november that's not that much time like it's really two months roughly almost to the day right from when it was supposed to release to its yeah. now current release date so they've given themselves two extra months for your for um, bug fixes and stuff like that, that gives them what, like uh, July, August, September, October, November. That gives them less than six months to kind of bug fix the game. If it was any other company, they would release the game still in September with like a huge day one update Um, (laughs) and then (laughs) then continue. Yeah. uh, Ubisoft EA. Right. Um, So sure. People will be disappointed that the game was delayed again but when was the game announced right like 2009 i don't know maybe like we didn't really
0: see anything about it until 2018 and then 2019 they showed it off at e3
1: there was that like really cool trailer yeah that came out like forever ago but really guys we've been waiting this long what's what's uh two more months right there's no, such a it, huge you're exactly right. such a huge abundance of games coming out between now and November. And in fact, you know, November's right around that time where the Series X and the PS5's coming out. We know that there's going to be full support for um, like free upgrades for the Series X. So anyone that's getting it on Xbox One, like you know, you don't have to Like you could get it on Xbox One on launch date for the Series X, which I'm calling it right now, November 19th, 2020. Um, you could get it on launch date for Xbox One and play it on your Series X, no problem. Microsoft has promised us that. So there's really...
0: As long as you buy digital.
1: No, no, no. You can put your game in.
0: Like, yeah, but I mean, work like with the, physical whole, game disc. The, the whole smart delivery is going to be designed around digital, you'd assume. Okay, so the way that it's working is the game will still like your physical discs
1: will still play in your Xbox Series X but then what's going to happen is if there is um an update for it whether it be um like just not an update but like the Series X update yeah that's what i mean um that will download those higher res assets and stuff like that but you can still play the base game no problem digital yeah. or physical
0: before we get into smart delivery a little bit deeper The last thing I want to say about Cyberpunk, and this this thought occurred to me kind of after I read it. I wonder a which company is going to come out and say like we have exclusive Cyberpunk stuff for launch, versus like the exclusive stuff that's already been happening, and what the reaction is going to be like from fans when all of a sudden there's a Cyberpunk trailer in like August, and it's like it's branded just Xbox or it's branded just Sony. I so think something's going to happen where people are going to look back at this message today and be like, it wasn't about you guys ironing out kinks. It's about us getting an exclusive on launch day.
1: Because I, I we don't know. They're not going to get an exclusive on launch. day. If, if anything, they're going to get maybe like what Sony does with some of their games, like, Oh, two extra free missions, like a uh, timed exclusive for PlayStation. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I think, if anything, Microsoft is going to push hard on Cyberpunk 2077 um, because right now they're the only ones that have had any sort of themed hardware um, already made for Cyberpunk 2077. You can buy the Cyberpunk uh, Xbox One controller, yeah, which does look pretty cool. It looks atrocious, but cool at the same time. It's like a train wreck. You can't really look away.
0: so here here's the other thing um just just why i'm feeling this way um there was an amazon leak last night uh where some idiot posted not only the pre-order information for the ps5 but the alleged release date of november 20th now this this could change but there are screenshots all over the place now where amazon has it being released on the 20th of november 2020 so 11, 20, 20, 20, Awesome.
1: Oh, can you imagine you, if the, if the Xbox if a day was earlier a day
0: before? <laughs> well, if you, if you remember last year or the last launch, they were two weeks apart, weren't they? Something like, they like were, that. Yeah. So my reasoning or thinking is like, what if Microsoft like looked at everything that just happened in the Sony thing or the Sony presentation? And it was like, Hey, we would like this to be a launch title. Not only will it come out for um, like the Xbox one and the PS4, we would like it to be a launch title. We're going to launch with a console. I know that was just fake art or um, concept art, but what if Microsoft has something like that up its sleeve just to try and drive some console sales a little bit. Mm -hmm. A lot of things are indicating to the place or the Xbox releasing uh, in that second like full week in November could be anything could be the 19th. We don't know for sure. I think it needs to,
1: there has never been a launch where they've both been on the same day. What would that be? Like, can you imagine 2020 both Xbox series X and PS five launch on the same day during a pandemic? It would just, the apocalypse would be upon us.
0: Oh, to to go a little bit deeper, the the leak actually happened because of the availability of the controllers. So somebody posted that, Uh, uh, like what the console was going to be worth. And then the official release date of the DualSense controller, the the new one is November 20th, 2020, which makes you assume that the console is going to come out on the 20th. However, Sony can get around this by having a midnight launch and having everything coming out on the 19th anyways. There's ways to do all this yeah. But that is a very significant piece of information based on the fact that we now know Cyberpunk's release date is November 19th. So if you look at kind of facts and rumors, I know we don't like to dive too deep into rumors. But when you start piecing all these puzzle pieces together, when is uh, Black Friday this year? That would be the, the last piece of the puzzle.
1: Black Friday 2020 is November
0: 27th. There you go. There you go.
1: Yeah, it's going to be ne- literally hell on earth that week.
0: Ne- neither company is going to be dumb enough to release it that Friday. No. But these companies are also smart enough to be like, "Hey, here's a launch title and a week from now we're going to drop it by 20 bucks." So you're going to have your like famous 59.99 bin. Or your $39.99 bin. Because people are going to, like both companies, I assume are going to be aggressive as hell when it comes to the release this year. Because you remember the last generation, the PlayStation 4 just took off early. Yeah, and yeah. like Microsoft couldn't keep up.
1: But see, the and, thing is, is the PS4 at the time had a much uh, uh, a more significant...
0: Uh, Well, the
1: catalog was great. Yeah, and also just the way that they, like the features, not even features, because it was a pretty featureless system, but just quality of life stuff. Um, they, They were marketing it as a gaming system, whereas Microsoft was marketing the Xbox One as more of a home theater system first and then a gaming system, plus all their DRM bull crap that was going on, right? So I think right from the get-go, people had the PlayStation in mind as a gaming system. Whereas I think things have slightly changed this year because Microsoft is like really pushing that this is a gaming system. This is designed for everyone who is a current Xbox one owner and who wants to upgrade maybe now, maybe in the future, but they're making it so that um, it's kind of like when Blu-rays and HD DVDs first came out and companies were trying to get people to upgrade to them. Well there's all these people with DVDs and they're like, why do I need to rebuy this? Like, why would I rebuy this movie? Like I have all this huge collection. I don't need to buy Blu-rays or HD DVDs, but then they started uh, releasing the double-sided discs, right? HD DVD had the t- double-sided disc. One side was a high def one side was regular edition. And I remember then, that. Right. And then eventually they went into two separate discs. Once the cost of producing the, the higher density discs dropped. Microsoft is kind of pulling that right now by saying, you know, we've designed our system for gamers new and old where you don't need to buy the Xbox series X right, right away. If you have your Xbox one S or the X and you are enjoying that um, maybe you don't even have a 4k TV, so you don't see the need to um, upgrade to the latest and greatest, then that's fine. Any games that come out or like we're, we're designing games that will work on both systems, but whenever you're ready, you know, you can upgrade and everything, you can take everything with you. They, they said every game, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but they said every game will work on the Xbox uh, Series X. And it's been tested uh, for the last few months in, in home, like with the developers. Whereas with Sony, they were like, oh, well, we will have, you know, thousands of games um, backwards compatible with, you know, a selection of 100 at launch.
0: Yeah, well, and it's going to be, like, your greatest hits. You're going to get your, like, Uncharted. You're going to get your right? Tomb Raider or your Last of Us. And the thing is, is,
1: it's going to be games that people have already played or that people are just, you know, like like the 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 staple games for consoles. But the thing is, is, like, someone's going to buy around Christmas time, Black Friday, you know, why would I buy a PS5 to play these PS4 games in backwards compatible when I can get a PS4 for fairly cheap and these games for 10 bucks? right
0: yeah like because we, we were talking about that the other day too um, so
1: I, I think microsoft has a uh, uh, an advantage going in right right now now it's interesting though because people are and we talked about this in our last episode the the actual look of the consoles um there's people that hate the look of the series x saying that it's too streamlined too too blocky but then there's people that love the ps5 look and then there's you know Me, I hate the look of the PS5, and I'm probably not going to buy it now until they do a redesign, right? Make something smaller or less futuristic looking, right?
0: I ask you this look at both consoles. So, um, the girlfriend and I were talking about this the other day because she she was like, Oh, do you need another one? You just got, like, her argument right now is, Oh, you just got a new Xbox in February. Well, yeah, I took advantage of an insane, stupid deal that EB had for no reason because they were just trying to unload white Xboxes for no idea like i have i still have no idea how i got the one x for 200 bucks no clue
1: it's because but it was a fallout 76 bundle and no one was buying it because of fallout 76
0: yeah and it's white <laughs> but i'm okay with that now like if <laughs> i mean i won't go to if the series x comes out in a white i probably won't buy it because it'll look exactly like um some internet modems that are around yeah um canada with that being said, though, she asked me, like, why do I need a new one? I just bought one. I was like, but you don't understand. Like, the new games are going to like be better. Like, it's going to be a better system, a stronger system. And I can trade away my old one and still keep my entire catalog right. that I have. Everything that, like, I I've been keeping games more and not trading them. Like, I think I have 15 or 20 physical games for the Xbox One. I would have had more if I didn't trade them. But I also traded games that I just didn't like to play. Plus, with game like Game Pass is out there and it exists and it's out there to to keep giving me newer and newer games and like the launch titles of guaranteed backwards compatibility, which Sony hasn't said yet. Obviously, some of these are Microsoft exclusive uh, exclusive titles, but you have Inf- uh, Halo Infinite, which guaranteed is only Microsoft, so who cares? But it's going to be on available on both Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, which is going to be a launch title. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Destiny 2, um, Dirt 5, Scarlet Nexus, Chorus, Vampire the Masquerade, which is going to be on both Yakuza the Dragon, both The Ascent, both Call of the Sea, both Gears 5, Xbox One. Yeah, there's there's a
1: a huge huge collection of games that are coming out um, day one for Series X. Now, it'll be interesting to see which one of those games. Um, not not new games, but some like the older games that um, are are going to be, I, I guess, backwards compatible, forwards compatible. Um, which one of those will have a day one or even a week one update to take advantage of the increased processing uh, power of the Series X? I could see four three four Studios, you know, doing a major overhaul for the Master Chief Collection. You know, like they've done a ton of work on that uh, series or like that collection already. Um, It was a buggy mess when it came out, but it's um, a pretty solid collection now. And I think that they're just going to keep adding to it and taking advantage of the series X hardware. And I I could see that being a big one. Same with like the, the gears, all the gears games. But also I think if you look at the, um, if you look at the backwards compat team, right? So uh, Microsoft has a, a, a team of people that their sole job is to get Xbox 360 and Xbox One games running flawlessly on the Xbox One X.
0: Yeah, And some uh, still aren't quite there, but they're but working they, on and it.
1: And keep adding them. And they, and, and they, they silently add games a lot of the times too, right? But things like um, The Witcher 2, for example, and Red Dead Redemption, they have updates for the Xbox One X. And if you've watched any comparison videos um, of the quality between either just like this, this Xbox S, S, the original 360 and the X1X, you know, it looks like it could be a game that was made within the last few years from a, you know, a, an indie, a smaller dev, dev company, right? That just don't have the, um, the budget to make something that looks like a, a massive current gen game. But with all of this uh, new processing power, we could probably start seeing these updates for some of these older games, like Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic and stuff like that, that you can still play and they still look good on the uh, current hardware. But we could get potentially, you know, for some of these older games like HD um, updates like res or uh, hd updates for textures and audio and stuff like that. So there's huge potential moving forward and Microsoft has been very very vocal about the fact that this is for the gamers, right?
0: Does this not remind you of 2012 a little bit where um the PlayStation guy handed the guy <laughs> a video game and he was like, "Look, I shared it." But Microsoft is just being like, no, listen the fuck up. This is what's going on. And we're going to make you do everything that we're doing this time. Yeah. Um, Like, I love this line. So I'm like, I'm taking the article right from Microsoft or like Microsoft and Microsoft Wire. um, But it says, what about the games? Below you'll find the initial list of the of new and existing titles that will be optimized for Xbox Series X and confirmed to support smart delivery. Please note this is an addition to thousands of games you'll be able to bring to your Xbox Series X via backwards compatibility on day one. Now, I don't know about you. I'm kicking myself in the pants because I didn't keep a lot of my 360 games um, just because a lot of them weren't Taking care of the best. Like my 360 went through years of college. Games are tossed all over the place. The yeah. living conditions aren't exactly the greatest for those cases. No. I mean, there's a list that I have kind of growing in my phone of a bunch of like Xbox 360 games that I want to pick up um, just from like a used game shop to make sure that I have it physically to play it. Because even though it might not be compatible today on the Xbox One, it's going to be very, very soon. Eventually, yeah. Which and, is and I've incredible. Done that with
1: a few things, like I found some pretty good deals on some uh, used games that I used to play that I didn't have, um, like that I traded in or whatever. And I was like, you know what i I have a good feeling that this game is going to eventually become on show up on backwards compatibility. And I would say four out of five so far have uh, have done that. Yeah, Um, And at the same time, you know, they they release them digital as well for like two or three bucks. And I'm like, okay, I'll just buy digital as well. So I have the physical disc. Sure. I can pop that in if I want uh, or I just buy digital. I don't know. It's
0: all the same. Same, same, but different. Hey, last week we were also treated to another massive. I, I would say this would be a little bit bigger. Um, because Nintendo's really working this angle uh, for Paper Mario Origami King. We saw a new trailer, a new gameplay. I'm starting to get more interested. Yeah,
1: it's uh, so I, in our one of our previous episodes, we kind of talked about how some of the past games they got away from the classic. What made the Mario Paper Mario games really mm-hmm. good, right? Um, and so this trailer that they release, it's about what six minutes long. And it goes into pretty pretty good depth of the different gameplay mechanics, like adventuring and stuff like that. Which you know what, adventuring and the puzzle mechanics and all that stuff, it looks very similar to the other ones. Um, I've never had any complaints with that in the Paper Mario games. You know, they they are always very well designed and um, thought out. Uh, they delve they dived a little further into the combat, which I think is what a lot of people were. Weary about
0: yeah Uh, there's a lot of curiosity to that
1: because in the past like the last two games kind of got rid of like a a classic turn-based rpg that made the paper mario games and the mario rpg games so memorable right so i uh, this video they showed off uh the spin and slide what is it spin and slide and ring based battles. So it's like a turn-based battle system with Mario in the middle and all the enemies are on some sort of like, it looks like a dart board, right? Yeah, kind of. So you can uh, spin enemies around on this board to line them up to then, you know, select your attack and, and attack them, which is really interesting um, because it's, it's still a turn-based RPG, Right. But it adds more strategy than just selecting a attack that, you know, an enemy might be weak to because now you're like, oh, there's, you know, 15 enemies on here. How can I optimize the battlefield in such a way that is going to allow me to not only cause the most damage, but then uh, defeat the most enemies at one time? Yeah. Which is pretty cool. And also, I like how every battle takes place in some sort of like stadium with... (laughs) <laughs> with uh toads and stuff like that watching.
0: Yeah. Do you see like I I can't believe I'm going back to South Park for the second time in the same episode. But do you like like looking through this trailer, the one thing that I I thought made um South Park and the oh, damn it, what the 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 stick of truth. What made that so unique and whimsical? was when you got into certain battle situations like you were in the school as an example you would actually be like sectioned off into a battle area that was like in front of lockers or like the av room um and in other turn-based battlers like pokemon as an example no matter where you are in the world you kind of end up in like a generic arena so if you're looking at sword and shield and you're out in a field your arena base looks like a field but it's always the same field no matter where you are Um, with Paper Mario, the one thing that I've really liked looking at is when you're in certain areas, like, yeah, it does always look like this dartboard, but it follows kind of the aesthetic of where you are and it doesn't give you like a super generic. Obviously we're going to find out later on that it's going to be generic, but right now it all looks very fresh and exciting.
1: Yeah. Like even watching the environment of the battle. So some, changes based off of where you are in the world so like there's different types of outdoor fields there's one that looks kind of like in the mountains there's like a dungeon or whatnot um and i think traditionally you know a lot of rpgs in their turn-based battle systems have done that um not so much maybe for games like pokemon and stuff like that earlier on like there was fields mountains and um what's the other one
0: which one? Or, are Pokemon.
1: Yeah, and like yeah. some of the later ones, you had that. But um, generally speaking, a lot of like RPGs on consoles, you know, the the battles systems have taken place in the same environment um, that you know you're exploring. So, I think one thing that's really cool about this, that uh, to kind of touch on what you're saying, is is that it keeps the game from being stale. Sure, you might be in this underground area for. I don't know, maybe an hour of gameplay for example. And yeah. so you're going to do like a dozen battles in that, but you get used to this kind of uh, environment and then they flip it on with you with and then yeah, you go to another world and it's completely different, right? You could be in the clouds somewhere, you could be on a mountain, right? So it gives you enough time to um, be exposed to a new environment to kind of take it in but hopefully um it won't over spend it stay there or whatever i'm trying to say you know what i mean
0: Uh, i've also really come to like the 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 fact that a lot of the bosses are built 3d opposed to 2d which is nice because you are doing that whole rotation um After I saw this trailer, like it bothered me. I was like, where have I seen this exact art style? And I knew it was a Nintendo game, but I was trying to figure out which one. If you've watched the Yoshi's Crafted World trailer recently, um, a lot of it is very similar. Um, Oh, yeah. It it doesn't look like they spent too much time. Like they've obviously shared a lot of similar assets, minus the fact that Yoshi is 3D and the platforming happens mainly on... um, a 3d plane however a lot of the back artwork and stuff is 2d still so i i do think nintendo's also reinvigorated what they've done with that um a little bit to kind of see but like i'm just going through the the trailer quickly i'm like fighting the pencil case that is very 3d um fighting the tape roll the rubber band monster guy looks also very 3d so I think they're they're taking elements from games that they were really successful with. And I know um, Yoshi's Crafted World didn't sell very well at first and had to kind of depend a lot on like a player base to help sell it. But people are more scared of the type of artwork, I think, that games present than um, the actual game mm-hmm. itself. I think Paper Mario is going to be a, a great example of that because there's a new generation of players who didn't play um, like sticker stories or anything like that. And this is their first, like there's eight year olds right now. And this is their first introduction to a Mario game. That's not super Mario Odyssey or super Mario smash brother or super smash brothers or anything or like super Mario Kart or Mario party. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be another standalone game that they're not used to. If you look at Luigi's mansion, it's also a 3d platformer that doesn't look the same or captain toad. It's all kind of, Similar, right? Like Mario, Luigi, all that stuff they're used to. You've got to sell this game to a new generation. I think if people have played Yoshi's Crafted World as an example, they're not going to be as scared of the artwork. I know when you and I watch um, game releases and trailers, you immediately message me every time you're like, oh, this game looks very Japanese. You're not going to play. You're not going to like this one. Oh, this game looks like anime. You're not going to play it, and you're right. You know me very well. I like there's an art style I just don't enjoy. Mm-hmm. I think the last game I played like that was like 13, and even that was kind of like the Telltale games are a little bit much for me as well. But I don't like. I just don't like that art style. Right. That I, I think is still going to penalize this game a little bit, but I don't. I'm I don't know if it will well it. or
1: not. I think um, there's enough people who are. Old enough that they've played, you know, previous Paper Mario games or just even Mario RPG, you know, like we're, we're the age where we grew up on the Super Nintendo, right? So we've seen um, every Mario game since its inception, almost, right? Like anything that's released in North America, we've seen in one way or another. Um, we've seen all the RPGs. We've seen the, the Paper Mario games. We've seen the... Um, mario and luigi rpgs the handheld ones and even if you haven't played them you've still seen them and i I know that there's going to be a lot of people like you said that are new to this um maybe the switch is their first console so they might not necessarily like the whole kind of cartoony you know crafty look of things like the game does look very childish childish i'm not going to deny that but it's all part of the story and that's the thing is i think once people if they kind of everyone's going to be there's going to be two divides right there's going to be the people that know what the paper mario game is right and know what they're getting into and go in with the expectations of it being a paper mario game then there's going to be people that don't know anything about it um just see it as another mario game um and think that it is too cartoony too kiddish right which is in part why um uh, Yoshi's Crafted World didn't do very well in initial sales because um, it has that very childish, easy, you know, I I go to the gym and lift heavy things, right? I can't be seen playing this kiddie game. But there's so much humor and, and adult jokes in these Paper Mario games that... You know, if people take the the time to actually play it, they'll realize that it's not just a kiddie. Like it, it's like, you know, the Shrek, right? Yeah. That's a kid's movie. But when you watch it as an adult, there's so many more like innuendos and adult jokes in there that as a kid, you just didn't understand, right?
0: No, not at all. And that's like, they're in, still funny.
1: Yeah, and that's what's in these like Mario games and stuff like that. Like the developers, they're smart. They make these games for literally everyone that's what nintendo does right they they know how to implement things for adults and kids alike and i think with what this trailer has shown off um there is enough content in here to kind of satisfy a lot of different types of gamers um and, and i think that this one will do fairly well if in fact the battle system like if they have a traditional um kind of leveling up battle like leveling up system then cuz i d- i don't know i don't recall seeing too much of that in in uh the video but like the, it looks like you can level up your character and you get better weapons and items and stuff like that and gear mm-hmm. so if it has that classic kind of rpg Style, but with a modern twist, with that adds some sort of, you know, kind of like an XCOM style um, strategy, right? Where it's not just attack, you have to position your character in the most op- optimal spot to do the most damage. If they've executed that properly, I think this game will do very well. And it'll be like, you know, three years before we see a $10 price drop.
0: Yeah. I mean, ten dollars would be quite insane.
1: But- <laughs> yeah, I know that's like asking for a lot,
0: but yeah, um, I just I pretty- see
1: myself, you know, buying this game at launch just because it's been so long since we've had a Paper Mario game. I am quite impressed with what they've shown so far that uh, I could seem like I could look over, look past any shortcomings that might might come up.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a game that's brought more attention to itself in a good way, not a bad way. I think the explanation trailer has been really helpful, and people are still citing that July 17th, something else is going to happen from Nintendo. We just don't know what yet. Fingers crossed for that Nintendo 64 Mini. Could you imagine getting both? I mean, like, there's rumors out there right now that it's going to, like, Paper Mario 64 is going to go straight to Nintendo Switch. Um you're also going to possibly have like a a Game Boy advanced added to it as well, but we don't know Um, less on speculation on more and more on something funny. David, how old were you when you realized uh, or when you learned about Lord Farquaad's lore in Shrek? This is your fault for bringing up Shrek. So I got to ask.
1: His lore? His lore. I'm today years old because I don't know what you're talking about.
0: So Lord Farquaad, his name is a shot at, and his likeness is a shot at former Disney CEO, Mike Mike Eisner, sorry. Um, He didn't want to work with Jeffrey Katensberg on different projects, including Shrek. So they made Lord Farquaad look like Mike Eisner and Farquaad is actually a joke on him being Lord Farquaad. So there you go. Oh, there's, I actually saw a meme the other day, which I had no idea about, but when uh, he's laying in bed and he's asking the mirror questions, he's supposed to be masturbating. Also funny. Oh, also really funny. <laughs> yeah. if, if you read up on the lore of like the first Shrek movie, it's phenomenal.
1: Shit, I'm going to watch that again.
0: Yeah. There's a I lot of really, Shrek really good on stuff. Blu-ray. Nice. I don't there know why I, bought
1: it. I know I bought a collection. It was like all four Shrek movies and it was, I think it was like ten dollars, nine ninety nine. I'm like, yes. I didn't even know that they made Shrek three or four.
0: <laughs>
1: Shrek two, in my mind, is always going to be the best one.
0: It seems like a Is that the one where they attacked the castle on the the big gingerbread man? I believe so. Yeah. Amazing. Um, you know what? Sorry, completely lost my train of thought. Do you know what company keeps making games? Some good, some bad and some for absolutely no reason the pokemon company that's right the pokemon company we were treated to a pokemon direct the other day and it was uh different
1: it was interesting
0: it caused a stir on the internet that's for sure
1: what when does in a pokemon direct cause a stir on the internet though
0: i don't know let's start off with the first game we saw we uh we Is see something game? called uh it's a it's a pokemon it's called pokemon smile pokemon uh it's a toothbrushing adventure which was available immediately through any mobile shop um why why did they need to make something to help kids brush their teeth so i think i can chime in on
1: this like pretty much any other topic we talk about but
0: yeah because you know (laughs) coming from so,
1: so as some people know i'm in i'm in school for uh dental health stuff right and one of the big things is that we that we've learned, and that I've seen, because I've been in um, some high schools, and I've had to kind of talk to students and young kids about um, the high schools that we were like the class we were in were like special special needs classes and stuff like that, right? So I've talked to kids about brushing their teeth, and everyone knows, yes, you need to brush your teeth, but it is a big pain in the ass to get people to do it regularly and do it properly, right? So when I was watching this and, and for you, you're probably like, oh, this is dumb. This is why do they need to make this? Right. But I was looking at it. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is kind of smart. Um, because kids that like the people that this game or this, whatever platform is uh, marketed to are the young kids that are learning to brush your teeth. But that is also the same people that Pokemon is marketed to as well. Right.
0: That's true. Very true.
1: So if a parent is trying to get their kid to, or or they're trying to teach their kid good oral hygiene and understanding the importance of brushing your teeth for, you know, two minutes, getting every, like every tooth and doing proper brushing, the fact that they can download something on a tablet or a a smartphone and put it in the, the bathroom and have their kid kind of play this game that is they're brushing their teeth, but they don't realize that they're brushing their teeth. i guess that
0: makes sense
1: so not only is it helping them kind of get that um it's like training them to brush their teeth the proper uh method the motions and everything but then they're having fun doing it and then later on they can take the game and you know do stuff with the pokemon that they unlock i think this is super smart um and I'm I'm actually surprised that it took Nintendo or Pokemon Company this long to come up with something like this. Um, this is genius. The fact that it's free, um, and and not only is it going to, it's going to train their kids to brush their teeth, sure, but they are going to associate more things with Pokemon now, right? the The artwork of the Pokemon in that in the the app. It's very like childish. Super cartoony. Like it's actually kind of like I, I kinda like it, right? In the sense like it's it's different. It's like super cutesy. Um, but it's yeah, it I can see them coming out with a huge line of Pokemon, Pokemon toothbrushes. toys and stuff like that that have the same artwork. So now these kids are gonna be using these this app and they're gonna see that like little cutesy cartoony drawn Pikachu in the store and then they're going to want to buy that they're going to want their their, the yeah like you said toothbrushes they're going to have toothbrushes with that so now the parents are going to be buying that stuff this this is smart you know there's more layers to this than just the toothbrushing game
0: yeah I'm not I'm not I'm not complaining about the game I think I mean when I was a kid we had uh like superhero toothbrushes right that Mm -hmm. like vibrated for two minutes and then stopped you weren't, you weren't allowed to stop brushing until whole Batman stopped vibrating in your mouth.
1: Yeah. That, and then, you know, he got a lawsuit against <laughs> they, they
0: Uh, but yeah, I, I mean I think it, it's gonna have its incredible niche and people are gonna use it. Um I think I think that's a really cool thing too. Uh, moving right along, we see a new game called Pokemon Cafe Mix. It looks like another Pokemon puzzle. Battle style game, um, very kind of confusing when they say challenging and fun puzzles, but you're just moving your finger or stylus around the screen to collect all the like Pikachus and stuff. Like, I don't really see how it's like a
1: from what I gathered, it's you have to make um, it's very similar, yeah, it's very similar to like the other um, what's what's the like bejeweled games and stuff like that, where you need to swap blocks to make the largest number of connected uh, blocks or objects right i think with this one it's very similar idea but when you move something it moves everything so you are linking them together but the the whole puzzle is regularly moving it's a unique concept and i can see how it can be difficult especially if you're trying to get combos but you know where something is in the game at one point, once you start moving something else or linking something else, it's going to move. And then you might not have access to that anymore. It's uh is it free? I don't Um, know if it was was free.
0: I believe it said free to start.
1: That's right. Free to start. So then probably they're going to do the same thing that they did with some of the, um, 3ds where it's like you get the base game and then you can unlock or pay for more, um, what was
0: the um super mario run for mobile i think that's gonna follow that kind of thing because like it is a puzzle game for switch and mobile right so super
1: mario run though was you could download it and play the first i think two or three levels for free but and then there it was a one time yeah but then that unlocked the rest of the game so m- maybe it's that but nintendo also has their free to start um games in the same category as the ones with like microtransactions to, you know, unlock more features of it or other yeah. stuff. So
0: Isn't there a Kirby game that's like that?
1: Yes, Kirby Battle something or other on Switch.
0: Yeah, which is just Smash Brothers but all Kirby's. Yeah, kind of. Um I don't know, uh the one thing I will say about this game, there's not much to talk about, but the one thing I will say is like you were just talking about the adorability of like the baby Pokemons or like the new art style of those Pokemons, which is very like mini or have you ever been into like a Marvel mini? So. Yeah. yeah, Like not. Yeah. Yeah. So like um, for those who don't know in Canada, you have two versions of mini. So you have mini. So which is all the regular Japanese dollar store kind of stuff. And then there's a Marvel mini. So which is uh, almost 80% of the store is Marvel centric. That animation kind of reminded me of those. When you look at these guys here, the sprites for um, Pokemon Cafe Mix are adorable. Mm -hmm. Like that Charmander is just like incredible looking. Did you say that they're
1: adorbs?
0: They are adorbs. They're adorbs sprites. Looks good. I mean... I might uh, download it onto my phone and check uh, it out. Yeah, it's one of those things out.
1: that you know, I'll probably download because it will be free to start. I will um, play a little bit and then probably not bother paying for it unless it is really cheap.
0: Yeah. So are are we able to talk about the game that I got into an absolute argument on the internet with or for?
1: Absolutely. I love those kinds of things.
0: All right, so we, uh, we see a beautiful scenescape of uh, what looks to be Kanto. Can't really tell, really, because you never really knew. That was the first island we ever knew. But now we are looking at different islands where Pokemon live. And as soon as you see that word, or actually before that, you see Pikachu walking on an incredibly familiar beach. Didn't that, didn't that beach shot just kind of like hit you home? You're like, oh my God, there's an apple on the ground. What is happening? <gasps> it's Pokemon Snap. We are getting a new Pokemon Snap game.
1: Yeah, I didn't I didn't feel anything about the beach, but when I saw the uh <laughs> when I the saw camera? The, the camera, <laughs> I was like, oh shit, yes. This is happening.
0: And the first thing actually um just going through the trailer, um, it's really nice to see that they have probably what looks to be the entire catalog, but we're not sure. You see a lot of Pokemon eating apples, um, participating a little bit more. Some of them attacking, which is kind of cool. You have a Pichu sleeping on a Turtwig, which is nice. Um, it was not actual gameplay footage, which kind of sucked because we didn't really know what we were looking at. But you see the, those all familiar tracks or you see kind of like the path in which your your machine, I can't remember what it was called, would glide along
1: Weird pokey snapper car thing
0: yeah but here's where people just were like fuck me like i don't know why i even went on the internet yesterday i have no idea and i did it and i was just mad at myself for it but the long and short of it is many people were disappointed that this game is not open world (laughs) To the point, I just started arguing with people.
1: Really? Pokemon yeah. Games have never been open world. Well, like Pokemon Snap has never been open yeah. world.
0: I was like, so one person wrote that it was a missed opportunity to not have the game open world. I was like, and what part of Pokemon Snap were you able to get out of your cart and go get the perfect picture of your Pikachu? You weren't. The whole idea of going through the cart through Pokemon Snap was you were on a timed adventure to try and get the best points. Or the most amount of points for each picture as you tried to complete A, your Pokedex via photography, and B, you were trying to get the best possible score, right?
1: Yeah, the whole idea was to go through the tracks multiple times so that you could kind of memorize and know where Pokemon were coming out and and try and get that, you know, you, you have five seconds to line up with this, you know, secret hidden Pokemon after you throw this apple in this thing and after this thing eats it and they fight. You know that's the whole thing. It's all about kind of learning the environment and memorization of you know how to get the best shots.
0: So here, here's where I was just like getting annoyed Idiots. at Sean. There was a lot of poten- uh, potential in creating an open world game. Think Pokemon meets Breath of the Wild. It's a missed opportunity, and clearly you don't know anything. Somebody replied: an "World it?
1: Pokemon game. It's called Sword Pokemon. and Shield."
0: <laughs> uh, Somebody writes clearly a missed opportunity or a chance for a second uh, with a bigger budget. You might've been able to pull this off. I don't care. I'm already trying to reserve my copy. The next response killed me. It was people begged for Pokemon snap. Others hate Pokemon snap because it doesn't have everything they want. Um, I, I, the, the reply I had, which kind of shut down the conversation was to me, this is a quick way to make money banking on nostalgia, which I fully believe is happening here. They're releasing a Pokemon snap game because they know a lot of the switch users had 64s and i'm like this formula for the game is uh has always worked why change it the idea of you following a path to get photos of your pokemon is a great way to challenge without having specific boundaries why do people have to ruin something that was so fun for everybody right and and the thing is
1: pokemon snap was a huge game as well right like when it came out people loved it i would play it for hours with my friend just trying to just trying to get everything, right? Um, and, you know, I, I think with them releasing Pokemon Snap like this, you know, keeping the same formula, there's huge potential for them to release a DLC for it, where yeah. you go to new islands, which in new regions, you could probably, like, you know, I'm hoping that they re-release all of the original Pokemon Snap track
0: maps
1: right yeah. i would buy that as a dlc you know like back to kanto or something like that um i would i would totally be down for that because that's what made the game so great in the first place is the fact that it was not easy but it was accessible for everyone right yep and, sure. and the problem is is though in you know this day and age People have their expectations. And if they don't get exactly what they want from a game, you know, then they, they think that it's just a money grab and it's, it's you know, trash. Why is Nintendo making this blah, 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 whatever it may be. Yeah. And the game's not even out. We haven't even actually seen full proper footage of the game. So literally, we know nothing about it other than it's a new Pokemon Snap game.
0: Yeah. Here's the only thing that I'm starting to kind of wonder. Not related necessarily to Pokemon, but in the the last little bit, we've been told that Mario remasters are coming. We have it on fairly, like a lot of people have assumed because they found the code that Paper Mario 64 is being released one way or another. Now we have Pokemon Snap. Do you think this is all leading up to a potential, like I know it leads, everything leads back to the 64 and the 64 breadcrumbs that we keep finding, but this is another little piece of bread that you got to think maybe uh, the 64 mini is coming. The The timing of this game is absolutely unreal for that. Um, even they even show like a 64 with the original cartridge um, in the trailer, which I found Kind of funny.
1: <laughs> At what? T- what's but, the timestamp for that? Um, if I can get you can. Uh, oh, never mind. I found it.
0: Yeah, it's literally so a picture of the
1: n64 and a uh, literally a picture of the N sixty-four and uh, the Pokemon Snap game.
0: I I mean, this is
1: now. This could also be, you know, and, and we have talked about this before that the logistics of releasing a, a Nintendo 64 mini, you know, the controllers would be bigger than the con- console. Um, this could also be the codes that people found for this stuff could just be re-
0: virtual console
1: for a virtual console, which at the same time, I'm okay, you know, with, I'm okay with that as well. Um, they they've released, <laughs> they've released GameCube controllers that work for the switch. They could do the same thing for N64 people would buy it
0: yeah here's where where i'll I'll leave that because i I know we have a whole episode coming out in the future about it um when you like if you were to do that and have the console or um have a um official controller that can come out that's amazing what i think nintendo might do if they're not going to release a 64 mini i think one of the reasons they may not do it is because if you look at both the NES and the NES class or the NES mini and the NES classic. Yeah. Or the super NES and the NES classic Nintendo didn't make nearly as much money as they thought they were going to on the console. Resellers made all the money, right? Because people were buying them for a hundred or a hundred and I think it was 25, right? For the super Nintendo. Uh, Yeah. something like 89 and 120. I yeah. Think. Something like that. Canadian. So people were buying them at that price. And sure, Nintendo made their nut because they sold out real quick. And maybe they profited $50 to $60 per unit. Resellers alone doubled the value. Like, I remember standing in line for the Super Nintendo, contemplating buying a second one. Because I could make, like, essentially I could sell it and pay for both of them at the same time. And maybe Nintendo's wise to that, and they go, "Well, it's not really going to be a collector's edition. People still have 64s." And if you look at a lot of these um, game like selling websites, I don't know what you guys sell it for at work without giving away who you work for, but most 64s are like 69.99, and that comes with one controller.
1: Yeah, and I then know. you have to
0: buy a game between like, like
1: 60 and 80 bucks, depending on the console and the condition and stuff like that. It seems to be so. Funny. There's
0: no need for it. Yeah. There's literally no, as much as I would love one, I think maybe we, you might be a hundred percent right, but all these codes that people are finding, they're not finding them for the 64 mini. They're finding it for a virtual console for the 64. Yeah. Which it, you like, they can make more money selling a $60 controller that looks like a 64 controller because you know, people will buy it if it's available or if those games are available to yeah. them.
1: Yeah. And and it'll be more accessible, right? Like, um, the the big problem with the it, it was less of a problem with the S- Super Nintendo Classic, um, but still somewhat of a problem. And a major problem with the NES Classic is that they didn't make enough. Uh, Nintendo didn't anticipate there being such a huge demand for them, right? It, which is why scalpers took advantage of the market, bought them up, and then sold them at a, an exorbitant price, right? Yeah. Um,
0: and but think, wasn't Nintendo also incredibly upset with the fact that people were doing that with the super Nintendo when they released more product.
1: Yes. Yeah. And, and that's things like people were buying up tons of consoles, right? Um, that's kind of like what happened with recently with the Nintendo switch. It's still really difficult to find the full size Nintendo switch. Um, slowly, you know, stores are getting the switch lights and stock, but they aren't, they don't sell as much as the regular switch is because they are, they're more of a niche product, Right. Uh, yeah. but people were buying them up and selling them. Like you look on Kijiji and their switch is going for like six, $700. Um, and, and that's the problem it's like, and I think Nintendo, if, you know what, if Nintendo did have plans for a nest, nest mini, I could see them scrapping it just because, you know, they're, they're not making the extra money that, um, scalpers are making right they're making that one sale they're probably selling it like you know significantly above cost but they can't price it at a point where you know it almost ends up being just almost as much to or you know a few few dollars more to buy the switch right
0: well yeah like you i would assume the mini is going to be a, like let's say the mini did come out i would assume it would be in the 150 fifty dollar price yeah price range. yeah I, canadian I
1: agree. um they, and like they will make more money selling individual um virtual console games.
0: Yeah. Or yeah, I'd, even
1: I'd, if they make it part of Nintendo Switch Online, they'll make more money with Nintendo online subscriptions.
0: Would you pay $75? No, you know what? I'll I'll go right to it. Would you pay $79.99 for either a physical copy or a digital copy? Uh, an ins- a Nintendo 64 classic game pass kind of like Rare Replay like would you pay for that and like let's say it came with 22 games and they promised to continually add games for like five years worth of support. Or
1: uh, I'm confused so is
0: it uh, like 80 bucks a year? No it would be $80 for the title so you would go to and the
1: title comes with 22 games
0: Yeah, you would go to Walmart or something and you would be able to get like your Mario 64, this, that, and the other thing. Because, you know, especially Nintendo, Nintendo makes like 70% profit on their physical copies. I mean, they they still profit on digital because it doesn't cost them anything to produce it. So it's probably even a higher margin depending on where you're selling it from. And Nintendo has their own eShop, so they make 100% profit. Or minus development. Um. For eighty
1: bucks, a, a collection of twenty two games. Yes, one hundred percent. I'd buy that. That's like
0: just now. Over would you pay three hundred?
1: That's almost th- that's why like three dollars and sixty cents per game.
0: Yeah, I like. I, I'm just trying to think outside the box when it comes to this topic specifically because, like, we've beaten it with a ho- or like we've beaten this horse as hard as we can, but like, there's just a little you- bit of glue
1: that we got to extract from them hooves
0: but there's just too many points indicating to 64 games being released somehow. Is that the next virtual console? Is that the next mini console? Something's I wonder coming.
1: If they are cuz there's been rumors of Game Boy Advance and stuff like that as well, right? Yeah, I saw that. And there's been rumors, I know, of uh some re-releases or remasters potentially of uh Wii games on Switch or GameCube games. Now Here's an idea. What if Nintendo is releasing a virtual console subscription service? So part of the Nintendo online, you get NES and Super Nintendo. They that's, that's included with that. But for an additional fee per year, you can get access to N64, GameCube, and Wii games. And they continually add to the library. Uh, Would you pay for that?
0: Depending on the price, like if it was priced to be like Netflix, that might be a little high because you're not going to get $15 worth of Nintendo gaming. Mm-hmm. Every, I know I wouldn't. I would I would say out of 30 days, 20 nights, I'm easily playing Call of Duty or some sports game or whatever adventure I'm on. Mm-hmm. So
1: the, it, it would be a unique situation because... You have Microsoft with their Game Pass, which is a phenomenal value. Um, and if you can get it on a, a discount, even better, right? But they have their, uh, what, one, three, six, and 12-month subscriptions. But for a year, for Game Pass, for Game Pass Ultimate especially, it's, you know, well over $100, right? Yep. Um, PlayStation Now, which is similar, um, but with more of a... Uh, I'd say a more regular rotation of games, um, but they have some previous generation consoles on there, PS2 and PS3. Um, the regular price is 70 or 80 bucks um, a year for in Canada for 12 months. And then they also have a, a three month subscription option as well, um, which that has gone on sale actually quite a bit in the last um four or five months. So if Nintendo were to release some sort of subscription service for uh virtual console games on the Nintendo switch, um, it would have to be priced. I would say more competitively against Sony than Microsoft. Nintendo can't compete with the value and uh, price point of what game pass is. Um, they're just not there with their online infrastructure and they're not there with the, the, the current lineup of what they can give. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they were to release something in the you know, $80 a year range for you know, a library of N64, GameCube, and Wii games, hell, even if it was just like N64 and GameCube, there's a huge library. And if they've developed a way to get those games to run on the Switch, then I think that in itself is a good enough value that I would pay the, you know, 80 bucks a year for that. Yeah. Cause I think so, that's the more realistic way of us getting N64 games on, uh, our, our screens.
0: I, I don't disagree. Um, we, we jumped way off the rail. <laughs> um, that's, that's what we do. Yeah, I, I, I well, that's because I think we've, we very much want that one thing so, so bad. Um, just quickly, to finish off the Pokemon Direct, we saw Pokemon Go support is continuing for at-home play due to COVID-19. And just, I think they figured out a way to get people to spend more money by playing at home. They're also doing their Pokemon Go Fest um, available to everyone for the first time ever, um, instead of having to go to a, a remote city and playing along like these big tracks that they've made. You can play from your living room. Just like
1: how I like it.
0: Yeah. So Pokemon Go Go support is still out there. They have also released that they are going to introduce mega evolutions very soon. Um, I think they showed that you get a far-fetched mega evolution or something available with the game right away. Or was that? No, that was something else. That is Pokemon Sword and Shield. The Isle of Armor uh, released yesterday. I want to say June 17th. Or is it available today? So they showed the first DLC off, and you can get a shiny. um, Like, there's a global event that if everybody participates, everybody can get this global shiny, which is really cool as well. Um, I know, personally, I stopped playing Sword and Shield. I don't think I will pick up the DLC. I didn't really enjoy the game. I think my Pokemon RPG playing days might be over... Like, uh... yeah, like, I'm I'm sorry to say it. So, yeah, you get a a Zorora, which is the the big the new one from the Isle of Armor. Mm -hmm. But you can get a shiny one if everybody participates in this this raid battle. Um, Finally, Pokemon Go, they are offering or sorry, not Pokemon Go. And Nintendo kind of just dropped at the end of this presentation a little nugget. Um I did I did some digging. I searched Reddit. I searched every Pokemon forum I could find. But Nintendo is dropping a second Pokemon pre- oh, they're not even called directs anymore. They're called Pokemon Presents. Sorry guys. Um next week the 24th of June they are dropping a second Pokemon presentation. A lot of people think it's going to have a second Let's Go game. Um, but focus more on Johto, where you'd get like Togepi or Meryl, which is kind of cool. I would just, uh, want,
1: I would just be happy with a classic, you know, Pokemon. Let's go, EV, Pikachu. You know, like that kind of top-down style gameplay remake of the original ones without all of the constant catching of Pokemon,
0: uh, or having the ability to battle them in places other than gyms. Um, I would like to see a silver or a gold version, but that's just me. Um, Additionally, there are rumors that we might get a virtual console um, version of Pokemon red or blue. I'm okay with that too. Again, there's a lot going on with these source codes that people are finding. People are finding a lot of stuff. And I don't know if like, I mean that Nintendo data leak, Caused a lot of problems, mm-hmm. and Nintendo's really upset with it. But it's been great for people like us, the speculatory true. kind. So that is a that's a lot of meat and potatoes, but uh, it's not the ice cream of things. Like you know, you want uh, you want your dinner, and then you want a little bit of dessert. And I think David's about to tell us a story about dessert. Just did a bad thing.
1: Well, it wasn't you me that me. did a bad thing, but but kind of you encouraged it. I actually did buy a new board game today. Ooh, what'd you buy? Uh, it is called, hold on. I got to Google this. Uh, it is called court of the dead Ooh. mourners call. That's, uh, that's, fun. yeah, we, we had to go to the mall today to, we went to the showcase store to get a foot massager for the girlfriend and we went to EB games and uh, I, yeah, I saw it there. It was on sale for like 75 bucks. I looked up the price. It was like regular 130 Canadian. I was like, okay, EB Games is running out of business or going out of business soon. So that's probably why. Um, but that's not what the bad thing was. This time, it's not me that did a bad thing. It's my girlfriend.
0: Jacques. Yes.
1: Um, so... <laughs> I'm still kind of trying to wrap my head around this. Um, you know, when you get ice cream and you're like, oh shit, where's the ice cream scoop?
0: Yeah. And if I don't buy, when I to go to the dollar store, and you get just, one, or oh, you just
1: spoon? end up using a spoon, right? So we've been yeah. doing that for a while. We had an ice cream scoop. Uh, I have no idea what happened to it. It disappeared. Uh, so whatever, it's fine. We've been doing fine with ice cream with a, a regular old spoon. So uh, Angela, the other day, It's like calls me into her room. She's like, "Look at this," and shows me a video of an ice cream scoop. And guess how much this ice cream scoop cost?
0: Twenty dollars on Amazon.
1: Mm, Close, but um, no. This is try again. Yeah, try once more.
0: Can I ask questions about the ice cream
1: scoop? Yeah, hold on. Let me let me go grab it. One second.
0: Uh, So. (laughs) <laughs> as david has left clearly right here okay so I so does this ice cream scoop heat up when you use it
1: well i guess you could probably heat it up but it, I, I guess you could heat it up in like hot water because you would not want to microwave this
0: okay so it doesn't it doesn't have like an induction thing in it does it have one of those switches that pushes the ice cream out
1: no because if if it did, I would tell it to return that right away because you can get something like that from, you know, like the dollar store.
0: So it doesn't matter what you spent on it, because unless it has one of those two features, there is no reason you should have spent more than thirty five dollars. Or I mean, if you were buying like an expensive one, there's no reason you should have spent more than twenty dollars on okay. an ice cream scoomer This is a scooper.
1: This is a fifty dollar ice cream scoop. It weighs probably like 3 pounds. Maybe 2.
0: What are you guys doing with it? And what 2 pounds? That's like heavier than the thing of ice cream you bought. No, right? Um, it is the world's first ergonomic
1: ice cream scoop. It's Okay, let <laughs> There's apparently a certain way that you have to use this because it apparently makes like the perfect ice cream scoop ball. Um, But it's designed, apparently, to scoop through hard ice cream using minimal force. Okay. Um, And it's like you're not supposed to use your wrist. You're supposed to, like, hold it a certain way and then, like, push with your whole arm. But either way, it's a $50 ice cream scoop. It's, like, solid steel. That's why it weighs so much. But, um, yeah, (laughs) I – I was like, she's like, should we get it? Should we get it? I'm like, well, you've clearly been doing your research. So if you want to spend $50 on an ice cream scoop, I'm totally is fine. Is it called with
0: it. the midnight ice cream scoop? Oh, it is. Dude, you guys got ripped off. It's 34 99.
1: <laughs> Maybe she's well. really did that. Did it drop in price? I have to double check, but
0: it is dishwasher safe. It could dig through hard ice. Look, I just bought a, a pint of ice cream the other day and it sat in my freezer at the back for days. And it is so soft. It's perfect. Well,
1: that's the thing. is like real ice cream uh, does not get really hard. Not at all. It It stays kind of soft a bit. But anyway, so we have this ice cream scoop. It is massive. It weighs a ton.
0: Oh, God, I'm reading this. This is so funny. Curved handle allows you to push using muscles rather than prying with your joints.
1: Yeah, pry with my joint. All right.
0: We did perfectly to help you push into hard ice cream. Let gravity do some of the work.
1: Yeah, because it weighs a ton. So anyway, so that was a bad thing because like I was totally fine with just going to, you know, Marshalls or Winners and finding a uh, a stainless steel scoop.
0: We have a pink ice cream scoop I think I bought at Walmart years ago. And it cost us literally like $2. Yeah,
1: we had one that the handle was an ice cream cone. I loved it, but I don't know where it went. It disappeared.
0: Okay, so ju- just while we're down this rabbit hole, because I can't help myself. So this item has a customer rating of uh, five stars or 4.8 out of five. It has 727 reviews. If I just scroll to the next one here, 4.8 out of five, 1680 reviews. And that um, is an Amazon Basics. And it was sold for 1499 if I look at the stainless steel one, it's four and a half, and it has 502 reviews. But uh, hold on to your butts. We've got one for 4.8 out of 5, uh, 4,822 reviews, $11.97 by a company called Spring Chef. And it looks ergonomic as well. Ergonomic? Yeah, have you not heard that before? No. It's from the office. He's like, oh, I need a chair that's ergonomically correct.
1: So this this scoop comes with a instruction manual uh directions for use with pictures um in multiple languages as well uh yeah like I, okay I'm not gonna lie the the quality of the scoop is nice it 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 weighs a ton sure, but I don't think it's gonna be breaking anytime soon um
0: oh reading the <laughs> questions and reviews are just so funny. Oh, my goodness, everyone. Uh, David did a really or David let a bad thing happen. And that's literally the thick and thin of it. Um, My goodness. I I, I feel bad for you because it's an ice cream scoop. But here's my favorite question. Why is this scoop so expensive? You can clearly buy it on Gromit for $29.95. And even that seems expensive compared to your price. I just looked it up on Amazon and Gromit, and the price uh, was the same on both locations. So at one point it was $29.99 Canadian and you guys still paid $50 for it. Oh my god.
1: Oh uh, well, you know what? If I don't have ice cream at midnight using this ice cream scoop in the next, you know, two months, shoot me. I don't know. We gotta we gotta get use, like get our use out of this ice cream scoop.
0: Speaking speaking of ice cream, because the show has clearly gone off the rails. I had a ice cream float the other night, and a it was delicious. B I always forgot that when you pour pop onto ice cream, it gets like really really foamy, but like a different kind of foamy. Yeah, and like, foam. You you could fill the cup three quarters filled with ice cream, and the coke just eats away at it. Yeah, <laughs> but very delicious. I prefer it over a root beer float. I know that sounds weird, but uh just tastes better. So, the the last... Uh, we have two topics left, man, and not a lot of time. So, we're going to go through them gingerly. We um, got more information about Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 this week. If you pre-order it digitally, you get uh, a guaranteed version of... Well, you get a playable demo of the warehouse.
1: Wait, right now?
0: awesome. Yeah, if you download it or pre order it digitally, you get a warehouse today. Huh. And that's going to set you back in Canada, $49.99 to $60. So you're looking at $50, $60. Yeah. Which is kind of where we thought it was going to be. I really thought it was going to settle in that $39 range, which it happened to in the States. But two games for $60, $30 each for games that I've already played, not terrible. It comes out September 3rd. I'm going to try and hold myself accountable and wait till Black Friday. I know for a fact, as much as I want this game, I will get it cheaper on Black Friday.
1: Do you think CD Projekt Red delayed Cyberpunk because they knew that um, the release of Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 would really eat into their sales?
0: I think they were incredibly scared of it. But I mean, to me, like, it seems like a game I would rush out and get and play for hours and then forget about it. So I might as well wait a little bit longer. I can wait till November for this. I'm waiting till November for Cyberpunk.
1: This is true. Yeah.
0: What's what's two more months? We just talked about that earlier. Um, with that being said, I believe we have a game challenge recap. What game did you pick last week from we your challenge? like a jingle,
1: the g- 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 game challenge recap. Uh, what game did I pick? What game was it? Uh, Scream Ride. So Scream Ride was leaving Game Pass. Now, in my defense, uh, I played Scream Ride like three years ago or something like that. But I just dabbled into it, so I didn't really remember much of it. Um, you you played a little bit of it as well, yep. and. I didn't know
0: you noticed that.
1: Well, you, you sent me a message saying, what did, what did you say?
0: I I wanted to see if you wanted to play friends with golf or golf with friends. (laughs) You
1: said said the game is repetitive as fuck. If I recall. Oh yes.
0: I did talk to you about it. I thought I forgot.
1: Yeah. So uh, what mode did you play? Just the basic, uh, the basic track mode. Yeah. Yeah. So You are correct in that there is a lot of repetitiveness, but I don't know if my view of the repetitiveness is the same as yours. I think that the game itself has its uh, fun in it. There are three different modes to it. There is a, it's almost as if like, it's like a race mode where you are going down on the track and you have to make it as extreme as possible. There's like a boost mode. There is um you can control how far the um roller coaster cart thing leans. And the idea is to get and do it as quickly as possible with the highest score. Then there is also a destruction mode where you have this like pod and the the people are in it and you throw this pod thing at buildings and you want to destroy them. Um And then there's like a building mode where you have to can continue the track. Like a track is kind of pre-built but a section is missing and you have to build it to make it as um, exciting as possible. So the three different modes, I think the one that I had the most fun in was the destruction mode because there is a lot of challenge in getting the right speed of the spin, releasing the pod at the right time, and then just seeing everything kind of blow up. Um, the build mode. I literally built like two, two tracks and I was like, okay, this is, this is all right. The controls for that was a little more confusing. Um, I was expecting it to be more of a, like you can actually build a full roller coaster, kind of like roller coaster tycoon. Yeah. Um, but you're, you're not, you're just finishing a few parts of a track. Um, and then the, I guess this, this big spot that you played was the, and, original or like the main mode, which was the race thing, which, you know, as fun as that is a few times, it does get very repetitive because you're literally just doing the same thing. Like you can't really, like you don't have a lot of control over the, the cart. You know, you can lean and try and get it from falling off. Um, Yeah. And
0: like shave a little bit of time.
1: Yeah. But other than that, it's, it's not what was the most annoying is the intro and outro between, every single track that you do.
0: Oh my God. The dialogue,
1: the dialogue is the exact same from the announcer and the animations uh, are, I think it like rotates between like two or three different possible animations with the like characters in it. So sure. I was, I was not, I wouldn't say I was bored playing, Cause you know, like some of it, the stuff was fun and there was a good challenge. I replayed a few, few missions to try and beat my score or, or, you know, beat yours or whatever. Um, But hearing the same intro and outro before and after every single um, mission was annoying. Or as Sean said, repetitive as fuck Um, (laughs) because it was like, and, it's just, I feel like they, the developers could have either just cut that out, you know, have it like at the first one that introduces the overview of the map that you're doing, but not every single time.
0: Yeah, like I got fairly, like once I passed you in the story, which didn't take incredibly long from like when I started playing it, um, just because like I could see which tracks you've done based off your like it having a friend's time. Um, I, I, I got through a bunch of them and then I realized I was like, I'm not competing against anyone. This is boring. Um, but they would add elements to the game. Like, I think it's like the second Island you go to, they add like a glider after you've completed your training, but the gliders only for you. Like if you fall off the track and unless you're able to steer yourself into something you can destroy to get more points, Mm -hmm. the glider doesn't do anything the glider would have also been like super helpful every time you left the track to like help yourself land. Cause you got penalized for a lot of your landings. Yeah. Um, I didn't get into the sandbox mode because I think I was just too frustrated at the time, but it, w- it was not something that I was like dying to play again. I played it for that first night for like three or four hours. I got really competitive early on. I was like, oh, i got to beat this challenge. Oh, I gotta get to four million points and get a hundred leaning points, and I've also gotta get six like boosts i I like tried to do all the challenges, and I was just like, nope, I don't even think I looked at it again
1: yeah and and I think a big part of that is like the fatigue that you get from hearing the same you know three lines of dialogue over and over and over again you know this is the same reason why I can't replay a game if I know or remember too much of the story because it's just like. I'm just sitting through the same thing over again. Um, I, I can see why I remember when the game came out, it came out a long time ago. Um, and Microsoft was, I remember major Nielsen was really pushing it. There's yeah. a lot of advertisements and marketing for it. Um, I don't think it did very, very well. Uh, interesting concept, right? Um, but I, I would have rather it being a game where you have to create a crazy ass, roller coaster and then kill the riders at the end like that would be <laughs> hilarious but you know we can't have that we can't have fun these days
0: Hmm. Uh, i don't know it's like
1: uh, uh, i wouldn't even bargain bin that game and that's a, that's the thing it's like if if i were to get that game as a gift um it would sit on my shelf for a time when i needed an extra game to bump me up a few dollars on a trade-in
0: i mean it probably has a max trade-in value of two dollars it's pretty bad probably i just i think the biggest thing that disappointed me is when you look at the like the trailer information for the game it says you could build game or you could build roller coasters And you see, like, the the box art and you're like, oh, man, do I get to build, like, cool roller coasters at, like, a a scream park? Is it like a roller coaster tycoon but doesn't have that kind of licensing? And then you just realize, like, again, it's like if you're a ride or if you're a screamer, your job is to be a screamer. If you're a builder or an engineer, your job is to, like, engineer them. Or the destructor, I think, is the one where it's, like, or demolition expert is the one where you just, like, have to destroy everything in its path, Right.
1: Uh yes, that's correct.
0: So um I, I'm anxious to see what your final review is on our Instagram, but uh out loud, what would you give it out of ten?
1: Three.
0: Ooh, that's a that's a big one.
1: <laughs> yeah. I would say that it is uh okay for very short, short, short temporary bouts of entertainment, but there is no and it's it's been proven because it's not a game that anyone really talks about. Um, there's no longevity to the the game. It's unfortunately.
0: I don't know how people get all the way through those islands. <laughs> I know, right? I just, I just don't. Um, I had somebody message me like, "Why are you playing this?" I'm like, "Oh, we're 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 doing a challenge and we're reviewing it." And they're like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you have to do that." I was like, "Yeah." Um, what are we doing this week, though?
1: Uh, we are going to do a multiplayer game.
0: So we're going to combo. We're going to
1: joint whatever it is attack. We're going to, yeah, do a team effort. We're going to do some, uh, relationship building.
0: Got to work on
1: those, uh, those. things.
0: We're going to use the building blocks of the future to mend some fences
1: yeah so what we're going to play is uh minecraft dungeons it's a new one that um is highly sought after by children and young teens alike um but it is a minecraft dungeon crawling adventure in the likes of like diablo and other action rpgs and stuff like that so it just launched not too long ago so it's um we've decided that we're going to mix things up a bit. We're going to alternate. So one week, Sean will have to play a game of his choice out of three that I've chosen. The next week I will play a game out of Sean's choice of three. And then the third week we will play something together.
0: Yeah. And we are willing to take suggestions from you guys for games that we are going to play as well. Yeah. Because like we just kind of skim
1: through what's, what's there on game pass right now. And I, I think that's, generally going to be our our library of choice so if there's something on there that you guys think that we should should play um or even if there's you know something on the store that you are interested in let us know and we can always force you can we can force someone to play it
0: we are also of the mindset that like just because we're playing things on game pass doesn't mean that we can't play games For other consoles, the good thing about Game Pass is about forty-five to fifty percent. Actually, I would say about fifty percent of its content is available on multiple um, platforms. We learned this not that long ago with City Skylines and how pissed off uh, (laughs) Sony users were. Um, We just both pay for the subscription service for Microsoft um, because we like that service and that service. Like we're not biased or against Sony because we both own PlayStations as well. But we both use our PlayStations for very different things. I play a lot of single player games and that's the only reason I have the console. David plays a little bit more of everything on his PlayStation. But we also have like our Switches and there's a ton of free to play games on the Switch as well. Mm -hmm. So we are always up for a challenge. Um, I know there's like we've been compiling lists and there's a lot of really good stuff coming. And we're trying to play games that you might not pick up as well. Minecraft Dungeons may not be for everyone, but I mean I said it to you earlier uh what we were doing pre-show. The amount of advertisements I've seen for that game in the last little bit, mm-hmm. mind-blowing. And and
1: I'm not a huge Minecraft fan. Like I've I've played it, I've dabbled a little bit. Uh I know you've gotten more into it than I have in the past, but I think a yeah. big part of it for me is that I would rather play with some people and figure out how to do it rather than like I can build a tiny house and that's really about it.
0: Well, um, yeah, I play I play with a buddy and we a lot of it has to do like a lot of the things we do is we learn how to do the programming so we can make like gates and doors and like make our own little area. Yeah.
1: Um, so Minecraft dungeons is something that's kind of um, not a game that I would, uh, you know, rush out and play. Um, I, I would rather play um, like Diablo or other action RPGs over that. Um, so this is something that I know has come out recently has been very popular. You know, at at my work, I will get a call, you know, three or four times a week from a parent or someone asking if we sell the game, but it's digital only. Right. So um, this will be good for us to kind of get an idea on what is hot and new right now. And not so much on the indie scene, which,
0: yeah. What, what all the hypes about. Yeah. But that is it for this one, guys. Um, We threw a lot of information at you. As we said, um, if EA does something surprising or gives us a bunch of content, expect a mini episode possibly this week. If not, it'll be part of our regular scheduled programming next week. So, I mean, your fates of listening to us are really in EA's hands. And when has EA ever done something good or bad for anybody? So Never. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. As we said, we may see you very soon. If not, we will see you again next Thursday. Thanks for listening. Have a good one.